Uh, hello, but uh, Boris Johnson here. Uh, I don't listen to the Stu and Al pod. Um, and if prick. and if you don't either, that means you think I'm great. In fact, uh, when in fact I'm a, I'm an absolute twat. Thank you, Stu. No problem. Hello and welcome to episode fifty-one of the Stu and Al pod with me, Al, and him, Stu. <laughs> <coughs> Stu, it's a bit different to recording this week because yeah. why? We're in the same room. Yes, and why is that? Because we're going to London tomorrow. London. London. Yeah, we're going to go and see a play, and where are we going to go afterwards, Stu? Bag of nails. We're going to any old bag of nails. Hey, what, Beth? Hey, hey, hey. I tell you what, it's not about yourself. <laughs> Uncle Dara okay. He's not coming. No, he, well, he no, might be there. You never coming. know. You don't know if he's going to be there. I'm going to do the voice when I order a pint <coughs> there tomorrow. Okay, I'll do. Um, who do I do? Uh, well, Borealis. I'll do one of Doris's um, personalities. Yeah, I suppose you could do. Yeah. Oh, guess what? What? Our teapot. Yeah, got it. I discovered a set of tapes left behind by famed BBC presenter Terry Wogan. Oh, oh yes. Have you really? Yeah. Okay, go on then. Um, well, they're all labelled Wogan's Island. So I think what he's done is he's gone around Ireland and Northern Ireland. Yeah. And then just like, um, you know, tell, tell his tales. Kind of like how we do the Bag of Nails. Oh, he's yeah. Done Ireland, so, he's on um, Island. But here's um, cassette one, because <coughs> there might be more Thank of you. these. <coughs> Click. About it. Click. Hello, Terry Wogan here. That's pretty good, isn't it? I thought he was in the room. Children in need. Yeah. <laughs> and welcome to Wogan's Island. I was once a golf. I was once here on a golf tour with Tiger Woods. And we were driving around in his Mercedes. We're in a remote part of the countryside and we pull into a petrol station. I'm a bit Welsh, haven't I? Yeah. Shit. And there was a pump attendant who knows nothing about golf. Damn it. Well, Terry Wogan, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Terry Wogan. Here we go. Yeah, this is me, Terry Wogan, with my real voice. <laughs> that's too Irish now. No, know? because that's how I really I, talk. I think you're sounding more like him when you were Welsh. Okay. Driving around in this Mercedes. We're in a remote part of the countryside and we pull into a petrol station. <laughs> no, do the Welsh. I want to be my native tongue. <laughs> do, the right? Welsh, do the Welsh voice. Oh, here we go again then. The pump attendant, who knows nothing about golf, greets us both. He has no clue who we are, but greets us very kindly anyway. Top of the morning to you lads, he says. Tiger Woods nods a quick hello and bends forward to pick up the nozzle. As he does so, two tees fall out of his shirt pocket onto the ground. What are those then? asks the attendant. Now they're called tees, replies Tiger. Well, what on God's earth did they throw it at them? asks the attendant. Tiger says, they're for resting my balls on when I'm driving, says Tiger. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> says the Irishman. Mercedes really do think of everything. <laughs> oh, very good. Join me again for another edition of Wogan's Island. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, more room for it again. <laughs> I have to watch some Terry Wogan to get that yeah. voice, didn't I? Stu, did you know that, um, I don't know if you've heard in the news, but Marty Pello from Wet 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 oh, went yes. to the doctor's so the other day. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. he went to the doctor's the other day. Did he? What's yeah, he said, he said to the doctor... Doctor, doctor, I think I've got arthritis. Right. And the doctor says, well, I could, why do you think that? And he says, well, I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. <laughs> so, Stu, you laughed at that. And um, I'm going to let you know that that's actually Keza G90's joke. She came up with it. 
So you feel bad now, don't you? No, so I've always respected Kaz G's humour. She's a very funny girl. There you go. There you go. Well, well done, Kaz. I told you I'd do it. And, um, you might get on the show laugh. one day, Kaz. Oh. <laughs> so it is, so it is. <laughs> I don't believe it. No, we don't do that. If so you ever record in Lincoln, we, we may give you a call on the date. Lincoln, of course. And if you can't make it, you had your chance. Yeah, you had your chance. So, you know, whatever. So, uh, so should we move on to... Uh, Top three? Yeah, let's move on to top three, shall we? Top three. In each episode, me and Al... Hello. ...have a subject set from the week before, the previous episode, if you like. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we tell you our three favourite things about it. And then we always ask the uh, members of the public what their three things they like most about that subject. So, for example, Alex, if I were to say to you, top three makes of Hoovers Ooh. or vacuum cleaners. Yeah, because uh, uh, Hoover is actually a branded uh, uh, name. Top, top three vacuums, then. What would you go for? Well, I've got a shark, so I'm going to go with shark number one, Stu. Okay. Uh, you got to go with Dyson, haven't you? Yeah. One of the greatest inventors of all time. Einstein. <clears throat> Socrates. Mm. Dyson. Socrates wasn't an inventor. No, I know. I just came I don't think it. Einstein was either. <laughs> he invented the... Uh, no. Gravity. Nope. <laughs> um, I know, I'm being, I'm being facetious. No, you're not. <laughs> Who is um, he? Another Greek god. <laughs> no, he played left-back for uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> um, yeah. And the, sec- the last one I'd go with, oh, Henry. Or oh, Henrietta. See, I've got Henry at number one, Henrietta at number two, and the good old dustpan and brush at number three. Let's keep it old school. <laughs> yeah. You know, all those ones, you know, the ones you just push and pull. Oh, my my grandma and grandma used to have one of them. Never worked. No, nah, it never worked. Make believe. So, Stuart, on the last episode, it was uh, my choice mm. for this episode. And as it's getting towards the end of the academic year, it was a good, good subject. I though. chose top three sports day events from uh, from mm. primary school. So, right. Stu, I imagine we probably got the same top three. So, why don't you go first and tell us your number oh, three? Let's just pause for a quick break. Okay. Drink. Drinks break, we've just got a drink from the old... Both, both drinking Moretti. Moretti. Go on, still give us number three. The Italian beer. Uh, so, number the three, Italian I've got the sack race. The sack race, oh, it's in my top three. I'm not going to tell you where it is, though. My best position was fourth. Oh, very so the object Not even medal. No, I'm afraid not. Uh, line up against each other in sacks. First to jump across the finish line wins. <laughs> now, the sack race originated in Peru, believe it or not, in hey, the 1700s. Stu, before you continue... Mm. The sack race, isn't that what they call the uh, parliamentary uh, <laughs> parliament at the moment? <laughs> uh, or that well, probably the res- resignation race, really, I suppose. Resignation race, that's a good name. Isn't that's it? a good name for it, isn't it? Resignation race. That's gonna Girl, sponsor. you gotta win the resignation race. That's gonna sponsor in the news this week. Yeah, okay. Put that in later. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I did a bit of research on the um, on the race. It originated in Peru in the 1700s. The sack race was used to hire potential postmen. Eight would line up, each in their own sack. The winner would be hired. The other seven were sadly shot and killed. Oh. Uh, but we modernised during the um, the 1990s, and they uh, invented the race for Sports Day, but obviously didn't kill any children that failed to win. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> Hey, still, if you if you if someone if you'd never heard of the sack race before, and someone said, "Hey, do you want to have a go at the sports day in the sack race?" Would you think it's to be jumping up and down in a, in a Hessian sack, 
Or no. would you think it's got something to do with ball sacks? No, I would have thought like you all have to do a terrible job on a make-believe position. Yeah. And it's the first one to get sacked from that position. That's, that's a very good one. That would actually been a better um, yeah. event. It could have gone over months. Yeah. Yeah, it could, couldn't it? Start of the school year. An endurance race. Ending at the end and see who got sacked first. Mm. There we go, yeah. Is that everything you got on uh, sack race? Yep. Yeah, I've covered everything there. My number three, Stu, I'm going to go with a wheelbarrow race. Oh, that's in my top three. Of course, there. I know it would be. Always funny when someone falls over. Yeah. Uh, I got one win at primary school in the sack race okay. with uh, Eric. Um, I only said wheelbarrow, didn't you? Wheelbarrow race. You, said you, got, you said you finished first in the sack race. Oh, sorry. Uh, one win at primary school um, in the wheelbarrow race with Eric. Um, I was the wheelbarrow. He was the Pusher. farmer. Suppose. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, we uh, we won once. Um, we had a, we had a good technique. We practiced, and uh, yeah, wheelbarrow race, good fun. Um, actually, started to in the 18th century when wheelbarrows weren't invented. So oh. people would pretend to be a wheelbarrow, <laughs> even though it hadn't been invented. Yeah, they still pretended to be a wheelbarrow. Um, things were put on top of their backs, um, in sort of like a a plastic um, sort of unit that right. they would attach their back and they would hold onto a wheel and um and roll and run around and then of course 300 years later the wheelbarrow was invented mm. well, i think you've been misinformed now i'll explain what it re- how it really originated a little later on let's <laughs> go you number two number two i've got the three-legged race oh same as me uh, my best position was last place with david gibson <laughs> oh god he couldn't be in well he wasn't very good at that sort of thing oh, well i had to carry him he- we finished last because he had an asthma attack after his race. <laughs> <laughs> Poor lad. I had to drag him to his inhaler. But he played um, George in uh, in the uh, um, George in the Dragon. Yeah. At, at school, so and the know. inhaler played the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> A real David and Goliath moment there, anyway. especially when they made him run around for ages to be got out of breath. <laughs> uh, the three-legged race, then, yeah. So it's where two kids are hooked together by the leg. They must then beat the other pairs in a race. And this originated in China uh, with people in retirement homes in the early 1800s. Uh, old people were paired up as they kept wandering off. Some were, some, were found and re- some were found and returned to their rooms. Others that managed to escape were kept in solitary confinement for three years, hence why it's called the three-legged race. Well, actually, I, 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 you're actually uh, slightly out with that because my right. number two is also a three-legged race. Um, I, uh, uh, but at primary school, still, I don't know if you remember, it was always won by Johnny Three Legs. Uh, yeah, well, he had that extra yeah, leg, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, it was an equal opportunity school. We couldn't um, object. Yeah. It's actually, Stu, um, the, it originates from the future. Oh, really? So, um, 500 years in the future, um, humans have evolved to have three legs rather than one. Right. So, all races are technically three legged race. Um, and, but there are still, they have two legged race where they tie one leg to another. Um, which is quite an interesting um, thought, isn't it? But they came back in time and introduced it to um, a primary school um, just off the M1 near Milton Keynes. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one, isn't it? Go make, on, then, give me your number one. The rest of it didn't make any sense, but I like the Milton Keynes part. Yeah. Uh, number one, I've gone for the wheelbarrow race. And my best position was winner in year five with Laura Pryor. I yep. was the wheelbarrow. And... Uh, <laughs> Five foot eight Laura Pryor, the tallest girl in Leicester at that time, was the one pushing me along. We were lucky down in year four. We were there, we were at it in year four as well, but we finished second. But the uh, green team uh, did a false start and um, it wasn't called on. 
And we finished second. Hey, I was in the green team. Maybe that was when me and Eric won. Oh, we were cheated then by you. <laughs> uh, so the wheelbarrow, you explained what it is earlier, didn't you? Yes. So there we one pushes the other by their legs. That kid must then walk on their hands with the other pushing them along. First, the one across the line wins. Uh, now, this uh, was misinformed by Alex earlier. <coughs> it actually originated in Holland in 1846. Local drunks were rounded up in wheelbarrows by bar staff. Uh, most were carted back to the pub. However, whoever was last in had to go home and be barred for a month. <laughs> Tough, but ultimately fair. Uh, they were then escorted just off the A1 uh, near Milton Keynes. To the wheelbarrow is also a sexual position. And uh, I'll tell you a, a, a quick story. Um, when I was uh, in Edinburgh and I was, went, and I was working for Father Stone, for Father Ted, he, uh, I had to go and see his show and I was sat in the front row and he wanted to demonstrate the wheelbarrow sexual position on stage so I was the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Obviously, we were both clothed. There was no sexual contact. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that. Was that. So Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> My number one, Stu, is uh, your number three. It's a sack race. Mm. I'm not talking about those clowns in Downing Street. <laughs> I've actually written that bit down. We've done that. Yeah. Um, it a couple of times at primary school, Stu. I was actually, that was my event at <coughs> primary school. used to put holes in the sack at the bottom and run. <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I used to fill everybody else's with potatoes. Uh, once beaten in, year, I think, year six by Alex Cluley, because I, yeah. I fell twice. Uh, didn't keep my normal technique. Um, Stu, I think you're actually wrong about your origins of that. I it was actually it was. started in um, medieval times. Um, and what it was, was uh, they'd have a bit of a laugh and get in sacks and jump about. <laughs> no, I think mine was, mine was better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was better. <laughs> right, Stu, what's, uh, yeah, what's the social media saying? Uh, well, we've got quite a few, some decent races here as well. Uh, so we'll start off with uh, everyone's favourite asm, Lady Wargasm. Uh, she's gone for Mum's Race, Dad's Race, and then the first position was split between the Beanbag and the Egg and Spoon Race. Or Uncle's Race. No Uncle's, no. <laughs> egg and spoon race they weren't allowed um, real eggs oh. projectile and all that yeah. and uh, bean bags for when you had to put it on the head I think I remember oh that. yeah or oh, you'd have to run and throw a bean bag into a hoop no, that was the shuttle race oh was that the shuttle yeah. race shuttlecock uh, Chris Conrad will save till last because uh, this is a bit indecent oh a bit of a remix yeah Frankie uh, Frank's gone for kickball and wheelbarrow race and then a sport one by one you run to a baseball bat hold one end against your forehead spin three times and then run to the back of your line and then do that as a type of like relay and yep. um, you just have to not fall down good America <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Dave his mate on movies across the pod give it a listen everyone Egg and spoon race, three-legged race, and the sack race. I didn't like the egg and spoon race. Nah, because everyone used to cheat just hold the, yeah. the, uh, the ping-pong ball with a thumb. <laughs> Still, I was so slow. By the time I got to the end, there was a chicken on the end of my spoon. Regular gab. Because chickens hatch yeah. from eggs, you see. Which one came first? <laughs> um, the chicken or I know, spoon? it was Alex Cluley. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you laughing at chicken on spoon? Yeah, Alex Cluley bit. Ah, okay, uh, regular Gab's gone for the 110 metre hurdles. Oh, come on, Gav. This is, you didn't do that at primary school. Oh, we don't know what kind of primary school he went no, to. No, he didn't. He went to a borstal. Te- teachers, <laughs> teachers race and parents race. Teachers race was good. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that one. Don't know who would have won ours. 
Mr. Martin. <laughs> he would have just like probably screamed at the egg though, wouldn't he? <laughs> All the others are carrying on running, he's there <laughs> shouting at the spoon in the egg. <laughs> Run! <laughs> Move! You gotta pick it up, Mr. Martin. <laughs> well I've got a ladle. I've got a ladle and an ostrich egg. You're not even supposed to have real eggs there. <laughs> Don't tell me, I'm the head teacher. <laughs> uh, Kim's gone for egg and spoon, three legged and the beanbag. That's it. Okay. Is that everyone? Yeah, we get my... Oh, sorry, Chris Comrath. Uh, he, he went for kiss chase, upskirt ogling and finger banging. <laughs> Things escalated quickly at his depraved school. <laughs> uh, I think you win this week's one there, Chris. Thank you for that. Did Keza G90 not, not put one in? Nope. Oh, and I told you a joke as well. She did a Take that she back. Did DM film for 95, All right, 96, but she didn't do DM sports day. All right, Stu, so that was... Watching uh, the sports day. We're looking at the sports day. Aye, aye. <laughs> A lot of young men running around in shorts. And I bet you're wondering what they look like. Without, without their shorts. You're sitting there with a big grin on your face. You dirty fecker. Well, might I say that you're a very rude man. If you say that again, I'll put your head for a wall. <laughs> Bye, girls. Boo! <laughs> Bye, girls. Pair of wankers. <laughs> All right, Stu, what's the, uh, what's the next top three? Mm. Alex, who'd you like better, Oasis or Blur? Blur. What? Oasis, you meant Oasis. Good, because in that case, we're going to do top three Oasis songs. Oh, you got to roll with it. you got to park your life. you got to say, <laughs> boys and girls. Yeah, so on the next episode. Any song released. But it has to be by Oasis, not by. It doesn't have to be a single. It could be on any album, but it has to be by Oasis. By Oasis. So no Liam solos, no... Noel's flying and Or bonehead. No. Oasis. So if you would like to get in contact and tell us your top three Oasis songs for the next episode. That's going to be very tricky. It is. We are... I've already got ten. StuandOwlPod at gmail.com or we are on social media, Twitter and Instagram at StuandOwlPod. So that was top three. And now it's time for... 90s Corner. Oh, I do enjoy this. No, 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 90s Corner. In each episode, Stu and I are going through the 90s, talking about our favourite film, single, and pop culture moment. At the moment, we are on 1996, and we are talking about our favourite film. But Stu, yeah. before we continue, oh, yes. what oh. was the best pop culture moment of the year? 1995. Not really much of a surprise. We only had six, um, six votes this week as well. People aren't sharing it. I shared it. Uh, you were the only one. Mm. And you were the only one that liked it as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so in equal second place, there's Frank Bruno becoming champion, the OJ Simpson trial and release of Windows 95, mm -hmm. all 17%. And then everyone else voted for the Cantonar Kung Fu Kick. Yes. The vote. Three people voted for that. Yes, I won. I don't know which one I've... I don't even think I voted this week. <laughs> I think the thing is, when it's pop culture moment, people don't uh, vote as much. Yeah, I don't like it. We need to, like... Uh, I think we might change that. No, we'll, 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 we're on 96 now. I may as well carry on. <coughs> so, Stu, uh, you went first in top three, so I shall tell you my favourite film from 1996. Now, this was a difficult one because there are a lot of really great films. But I'm going to put forward a film that I know won't win the poll. I know it won't. Mine will win the poll. But it's a film that I thought was brilliant the first time I saw it. I've seen it a couple of times since. And I think it's a fantastic film. It's Sleepers, Stu. Oh, yeah. So Sleepers, uh, if you've not seen it, stars Robert De Niro. That's the vicar one, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. No, yeah, he's, he's a priest in it. 
Brad Pitt, Kevin Bacon, Dustin Hoffman, and also um, and uh, is it Mini Driver? I can't remember. Was that the transportation for the uh, crew? Or no, what? Mini Driver. Oh God. Um, so, so um, the plot is after a prank goes disastrously wrong, a group of boys are sent to a detention centre where they are brutalised. Oh. Thirteen years later, an unexpected random encounter with a former guard gives them a chance for revenge. So part of the film is about when they're young boys and they accidentally murder um, a woman and her baby. Like, oh, they're messing about with a I hot dog cut. Have you not? Uh, and then, the, and then the, they, go to, they go to this, like, boys' prison and they're basically abused. It's awful. But Kevin Bacon's, like, the lead guard. And then the second part of the film is when they're older and they bump into Kevin Bacon... Well, they, they see him in a, in a bar and it's basically about them getting their revenge. And then there's a big court case about whether they murdered these people or what. It, it's, it's very good. It's, it's a hard watch. It's a hard watch. It's very, very good. But um, I, it's such a, I think it's such a good film. Um, just a couple of facts, too, not many. Uh, Brad Pitt um, was not happy with his performance in the film. Uh, when he's watched it back, he wasn't happy with his performance. But I thought he was very good in it. Um, and despite tense scenes, it was uh, apparently very fun on set. There was a lot of laughing and joking on the you set. You expect to be when they're doing films like that. Yeah, the, kind of do especially that. when it, like, you've got kids involved in it and stuff like that. Um, I couldn't work out whether it was based on a true story or not because I found um, different different views on whether it was a true story or not. So I won't say it was a true story, but I think it was based around a real events and stuff like that, yeah. So yeah, that's mine. Um, inspired by true events. Inspired by true events. Yeah, it probably was. It's as I say, it's, it's sleepers. I don't think it's going to win. But if you've not seen it, it's worth seeing because it's got a lot of Oscar winners in it. Some great performances. I I, I think it's a great film. Mm, I'll give it a watch. Yeah. Uh, I went for Fargo. Thought you might. One of my favourite films. <laughs> Fargo. A great film. Uh, my tagline for Fargo, because well, yeah. that's what we did. Obviously, you shouldn't have done one for sleepers because of the type of film it is. So that's no. But my tagline is pregnant cop. Catches out shitty car salesman. She likes eggs, and there's a wood chip on. Oh, that's enough. Really nice, ain't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, what? Good so mentions. Uh, yeah, what a great film. One of the best that the Kyle Brothers made. <clears throat> um, star performances all round from the whole cast, you could say. I've not seen it for years. I watched it um, the other day, actually. Very good film. Um, a couple of facts on the film now. The wood chipper used in the movie is now on display at the Fargo Moorhead Visitor Center. Nice. The Coens once described Minnesota as Siberia with family restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. One for the tourist board. One for the tourist board. Uh, and if you pause the movie at 70 minutes, you can see Clint Eastwood playing Sean Connery at chess. Oh. Unpause it right there and you can see Clint say, You're a move, punk. Oh, very good. And then Sean Connery say, You expect me to move? Checkmate. Oh, you might want to check that, mate. <laughs> yeah, so that's my um, my um, my Choice. submission for the uh, and the uh, these the uh, social media socials, social media rights. Uh, so I'll go back to Lady Wargasm, who's agreed with me. Clever girl, <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yeah, I know. Fargo. Yeah. Uh, Keith, Twelve Monkeys. Keith. I went to Edinburgh. We went to Edinburgh a yeah. few weeks ago. I went to the bar, the halfway house. They had Iron Brew on the, the, the Pepsi gun. You press B and it gives you Iron Brew. And it was very nice. Oh, what was on A? It was free. You gave us free. Yeah, no, but what was on A? Pepsi. All right. 
But yeah, he pressed the B, Iron Brew, and he let us have it on the house. Mm. Free Iron Brew. Very sweet. Yeah. You know, he said, like, you go Guinness, you go Ireland to get the Guinness. Yeah. Or go Scotland to get the Iron Brew. Okay. Freshen up. Freaky, freaky, freaky. Freaky. Lovely stuff. Frank Mendoza. Hey, I'm from Boston. Bitch. Don't lose him as a listener. He's our best friend. Okay. Frank went for Scream. Yes. And what film did he go for? Also Scream. Just joking a little bit. Also Scream. Yeah, all right. Cheers, Frankie. We'll see you soon. Can we come back on your show soon as well? He didn't say anything. He didn't answer, so... He probably means Got yes. He probably <laughs> means yes. Uh, regular Gav, Mars Attacks. Good oh, choice. for fuck's sake. I'm Tom Jones. Huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's actually yeah, a line Terry in it. I'm Terry oh, Wogan. I'm Terry Wogan. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Regular Gav, Romeo and Juliet, with one of the best openings to a film I've ever seen. Yes. Oh, yes. John Leguizamo. Yep. Awesome in that. Keza G has gone for Train Spotting. Yeah. Honourable mention for Independence Day. I watched that the other night. On, uh, oh, did you? Four, yeah. And Twister because Bill Paxton's a proper lad. Bill Paxton was a proper lad, Kenzie. Well said. Yes, he was. He's a ca- hey, there's a motherfucking cow going round here. Never happened, but yeah. there's a cow that goes round. Yeah, but he doesn't say that in the film. It, I, well, it's a deleted scene, I think. All right. <laughs> and it's obviously star performance in Aliens. Yeah. Helium. Well, that's just great, man. <laughs> that's just fucking great. Where was that cow going, man? Uh, new to the show, I'll DJA. Hello. D- f- f- fresh. DJA. He picked Trainspotting as well. He won't be listening again. I don't even know if he does. Oh, yeah. He's contributed this week. Katie's gone for One Fine Day. Which I think is Kim's favourite film as well. But she went for Phenomenon, John Travolta. Oh, okay. And JR went for Star Trek First Contact. Good film. Star Trek? What's wrong with Star Trek? Shite. No. Make it so. Make it so. <laughs> so Number there, one. I've got some honourable mentions for you. Oh, yeah. So we've got I'm Andy Bip. So obviously, Trains Start in Independence Day. The Rock. Yes. Could have had The Rock. Yes. Mission Impossible. The first Mission Impossible came out in 1996. Wow, that's a good film. Crazy. John Voight. From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, great film. Jerry Maguire. Yeah, show me the money. English Patient. No, I've also not seen it. No. <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Ah, yeah. Tapper, tapper, tapper. Uh, Damn it, people. Go back to your shanties. <laughs> Shooter. Oh, there's going to be Happy Gilmore too. Yeah. I can't wait. You could have also had to do Swingers. Ah, uh, Vince Vaughn. Yeah. That's great. money, baby. Money. <laughs> money. Ra- <laughs> Ransom. Give me back my son. Motion. Oh, I should have done a line for everyone you say. Yeah. I'll do it from now on. Uh, Kingpin. <laughs> Which one? Oh, that's the Amish bowling film. Yeah. Man. I can't think of the line. Space Jam. Michael Jordan, you got to help us from these fucking aliens, man. <laughs> the Long Kiss Goodnight. Good night, everyone. <laughs> yeah, but you remember Samuel Jackson that goes, no, 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 keys in the left hand pocket, no, 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 gun in the right hand side. He does that. Uh, Twister, obviously. Damn that fucking cow! <laughs> uh, James and the Giant Peach. That's a damn fine peach you got there, James. Beavers and Butthead to America. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's it. 
No more. Oh, Paradise Lost, The Child Murders at Robin Hood Hills. Ah. Can you think of a quote from that? No, but I bet it was a lot of merry men. <laughs> oh, merriment. Excellent. Well, thank you. So if you would like to contribute on the next episode, we will be asking for your top single from the year 1996. Stu, can you think any off the top of your head? Or as I feel now while you quickly Google it, I'm sure there's quite a few. I don't know if the Spice Girls... Want to be by the Spice Girls? Was that 96? Three Lions, 96. Yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah. Three Lions. I'm already going to Return of the Mac, Mark Morrison. Oh, yeah. Once again. Firestarter, Prodigy. Once again. <laughs> it's all coming back to me now, Celine Dion. Once again. <laughs> I love you always, forever, near or far. Closer together, everywhere. I will be with you every day. I will be for you. You've got... The most unbelievable. <laughs> hey, we should go on Britain's Got Talent. I'm going to pick that. All right. Right, so if you would like to contribute on the next episode and tell us your favourite single from the year 1996, you can by emailing us, stuandalpod at gmail.com or on social media, Twitter and Instagram. <gasps> Where do you go, no mercy? Stu and Al Pod. Awesome. Where do you so go? So that was 90s My Corner. New. <laughs> I want to know. Still to come. John Lennon imagines again. Again? Again, that's right. Mike Reed has some more top tips. Find out what Brandon Flowers of the Killers is up to this, uh, these days. That's the fake headline. Maybe not. It's Extinction versus Easy A and Tits Up. But for now, here's Al with an advertisement. Hey, we here at NBC love an American remake of a British show. Such hits as The Office and... Hey, remember The Office? <laughs> that encouraged us to have a go too. So, introducing the US remake of One Foot in the Grave. Oh, no. With Clint Eastwood as Victor Meldrew. <laughs> it won't work. And don't you worry, we've kept the most hilarious scenes. 4291? What the hell? <laughs> Margaret! Margaret! There's a goddamn dog in the parlor! Margaret! I picked up the goddamn dog! You better get out of here, punk! Hey, and how about that scene where uh, Victor's buried in the garden? Margaret, someone buried me in the garden and put a goddamn plant pot on my head. Hey, and Harry, don't forget that lovable character, Mrs. Warboys. Hey, Mrs. Warboys, do you feel lucky, punk? And don't worry, he'll stay, still say his classic catchphrase. I don't goddamn believe it. <laughs> Punk! <laughs> Coming this fall to NBC. And Ooh. now it's time for the news. One of the few American remakes that might work. <laughs> Imagine. In each episode, Stu tells us two news stories. One of them real, one of them fake. It's my job to guess which one is real, which one's fake. I imagine the fake one is to do with... Brandon Flowers from The Killers. Not necessarily. He'll also tell us the news, sport, weather. Dr. Doris. Yep. Dr. Doris will be back with a different voice, I assume. Yep. So here you are, Stu. Here are your headlines. Thank you, Al. Mark Morrison, back again. Once again. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> uh, reveals that a recent splurge in fast food has helped pile on the pounds for a new movie role. Yes, that's right. He, uh, his diet has the return of the Mac. Yeah. Could have been better, that, no, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I rushed that one, I think. Yeah. 
Anthony Kiedis. Big Mac Morrison. Ah, that would be better. Anthony Kiedis has revealed he doesn't have a bank account and he keeps all his possessions by his moat in his castle under the bridge. Very good. I like that. Better. Better. And and the gorillas are back penning songs that leave them in a great mood. Their secrets? Well, they only use pens with feel-good ink. Oh, that's good. Very good. Yes. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Story number Number one. one Numero uno. A man beat the recent rail strikes uh, by paddling to work in a shirt and tie. Yeah, I've seen this one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've actually read this story. Mad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, George... This one's the real one. George Bullard <laughs> spent £74 on an inflatable kayak and said it saved him thousands. Did it? Yeah, but he's mental. It's me- I bet he doesn't do it all the time. The small yellow and black craft is blow-up, which can be deflated and put into a backpack when not in use. He works at an outdoor pursuit centre as well, so he's just... Why is he going in a shirt and tie? Why not? Crazy. I bet that was just for the photo op. Yeah, clearly. Mr. Ballard runs an outdoor company called City Camping. uh, Paddles down the River Lug each morning to his office in pristine Wales. He said, uh, it's it's not to have to worry about being stuck in traffic, which is the best part. If I was in a car, it would cost me a fortune. He added, it's an exceptional way to get to work. But I admit it's a stretch to say I blend in. Of course, you blend in. You're in a fucking kayak. A bright yellow kayak. I paddle in and back like any normal commuter. Uh, Name me another one that does that. <laughs> Occasionally, the weather isn't great. Well, it is Wales. Yeah. Uh, and that's part and parcel of being an adventurer in Welsh. Fair enough. Yes, Terry Wogan. Ah. Sometimes getting wet on the way to work can be empowering. <laughs> uh, empowering. <laughs> He also added that kayaking is not for everyone. If you're a novice, I would advise against it, as the river can be dangerous. Well, at least he's sensible. Yeah. So if you've got a job there, don't copy him and go by kayak. Take a sensible route via the roads. Yes. Or bike. You could have just done that. Yeah. Hmm. What a load of old kayak. So I think we've actually established which one's already true this week. Yeah. Story number two. Brandon Flowers of the Killers has become a wedding photographer in his spare time. Oh, that's nice. What I, I hope tried, this one's true. What I tried to do with it, I was get all of the um, first album songs in. Oh, good. He said, I don't know what it sounds like, so it's going to be me. When I look back on all these things that I've done... Yeah, lovely. This is definitely the one thing I've done that I'm very proud of, just because of the people I've met. I mostly have the photos on the... Uh, sorry, base, not have. I mostly base the photos on the... Um, and the shows we've done, or the songs as well. So each image has a kind of glamorous indie rock and roll theme to it. <laughs> yeah. so I've just finished shooting this couple, Jenny and Andy. Andy, you're a star. <laughs> All the best, mate. Top bloke. And actually, Jenny was a friend of mine from LA. Good. Uh, I always make the couples feel relaxed. You know, I always shoot them on my Mr. Bright side of the room. <laughs> oh, God. Somebody told me it's best to shoot like this. And the number one rule is to get them to uh, smile like you mean it in every shot. Uh, hang on a sec. I have to take this uh, phone call. Hi, Natalie. Yes, I'd love to shoot your wedding. Um, I'm booked up to November. Believe me, Natalie. If I could squeeze you in, I would. If there's a cancellation at tomorrow's midnight show, uh. I mean wedding, I'll uh, let you know. It's okay, everything will be all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bye. So, I hate 10 down clients. 
Uh, so yeah, if you know of anyone getting married next year or anything like that, let me uh, know when you were young. Yeah. What a bit of sport, Al. Yes, please. To coincide with our trip there tomorrow, the Bag of Nails is hosting this year's World Darts Championship qualifiers. All good. But there's a catch. Yep. It's only for those of all... Excuse me. It's only for those with strong stomachs. The dartboards are all up on the ceiling, which is making everyone throw up. Oh, good. A bit of help with Dr. Doris. Yep. Trying to think of a voice now for you. Alright, it's Dr. Doris here. Yep, different this week. Had a patient the other day with a cucumber up his nose, a carrot in his left ear, and a banana in his right ear. I said, I know what's wrong with you. You're not, not eating, eating properly. Not, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. I'm, I'm the health practitioner, yeah. not you, you prick. <laughs> also, I had a bloke in the other day who, uh, who had hemorrhoids. Gave him his latest medication, but he called me and he said he had a bad reaction. I said, where did you apply it? He said, on the bus home. <laughs> Very good. Travels with Arnie. This week I travelled to Amish country in the United States of America when I'm born. I promise. A child came up to me and said, when I'm older, I want to be a farmer like my father. I said, you want to be a farmer? Here's a couple of acres. And I booted him across the field. <laughs> wow. Ah, very good. Be a child, Arnie. Yeah. Uh, the weather is going to be considerate this week. Oh, not, not bloody light. It's really sunny, ain't it? Don't rule out a heat wave either. Yeah, hate wave. Hate wood. <laughs> right, is that everything? Oh, yeah, you've done the weather. Excellent. Well, thank you, Stu. Another one of those next week. And now it is yep. time for Dinosaur Park Goes Tits Up. <laughs> Dinosaur Park goes tits up. It's our proud replacement of Bastermind. Yeah. And this week sponsored by... What was it? Can't remember. I can't remember. It's sponsored by me, Terry Wogan. It was something to do with the politicians getting sacked, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, the resignation race. Oh, the resignation race. Sponsored by the resignation race. Yeah, there you go. Uh, each week, me and Al set each other a film to watch, and then we ask each other five questions about that film that we've made them watch. Yes. Whoever wins is the one that gets the most right answers. So we're on the letter E. And Stu, I gave you the film Extinction, and you gave me... Easy A. Stu, what do you think of the film Extinction? Crap. I apologise, I watched it yesterday. It was shite. If you watched it at home, I apologise as well. Yeah, very bad film. Don't bother watching it. Uh, this is the tagline I got from it. Michael Penner has bad dreams, and then aliens turn up. <laughs> or do they? <laughs> Excellent. Well done, Stu. You gave me uh, Easy A. Yep. Um, I struggled with the tagline on this, so I'm going to try and read out what I put down. An absolutely stunningly gorgeous Emma Stone, for some reason, isn't attractive. <laughs> not, not, not to me, but to everybody else at the school that she's at. I don't, I don't understand it, why she's not seen as... Anyway, let's carry on. Do you love Emma Stone? She's just... I, yeah. She's your favourite. She's one of my favourites, definitely. It's the eyes. Yeah. And the face, and everything. Emma Stone, <sighs> if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Run. <laughs> so, Stu, do you, um, shall I ask you questions first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so, Stu, your five questions on extinction. I apologise. Um, question one. What colour is the wife's dress at the start of the film? Actually, she wears the dress throughout the entire film. Black. It's yellow. Oh, yeah. I put that down because I thought it was quite distinctive. Yeah. Question two. Where does the dad say they can go when he gets off work early? It's been a week since I watched it now. It's near um, the sea. The beach. Oh, it's the pier. Uh. Um, question three what does the uh, main character look at in the window of the antiques fair shop and then actually buys and you see it in the 
apartment. Uh, a guitar. It's a telescope. Uh, question four. How does he first uh, get the alien away from his daughter? What does he do to get him off straight away? Shoots it, doesn't he? He kicks him. Kicks he him. does that like, kind of kick. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, the kid was stupid. She kept running in the kitchen to go and get a little monkey toy. Yeah. It actually cost lives doing that as well. Question five, Stu. Who's Herman? I don't know. Oh, it's the cuddly toy, the little girl's monkey. <laughs> she keeps saying about it. I thought you might get that one. I do apologize. Sorry, Stu, you've scored zero. Yeah, I didn't really pay attention to the film much. No, because it was shy. very bored. Of That's why I was trying to pick, pick ones that you might actually get. Well, if I, if, I had to, if we recorded last week, I might have got them. Yeah. Like, fresh in the mind. But fresh! I kind of like chucked it out. Fresh, <laughs> Terry Wogan. Uh, so yours has gone easier than I'm sure you'll get one. I hope so. Uh, who is Olive's best friend? Oh, God. I can't remember her name. <coughs> Nancy? Rhiannon. Oh, that's it. What is Todd's nickname? Todd. Which one's Todd? You know, Todd. Uh, wow. Oh, God. Um, the, uh, no, the, uh, the woodchuck. I'll give you that. Woodchuck Todd. Oh, yeah. What book is Olive studying in Mr. Griffith's class? Scarlet Letter. Yeah. Why did Olive get sent to the principal's office? Uh, she called that other girl the first time she gets sent there. Mm, yeah. She calls that girl like a twat. Yeah, inappropriate <laughs> language. Yeah. That. Uh, what does Olive's mum say when Brandon asks if Olive is home? Oh, if we, we've got Quite a jar of ol- we've got a jar of olives. There's in a jar there. over the fridge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> did you have a tie break? I do. So that's a win for me. So that's 3-1 now at the moment. Mm. Uh, your tie breaks do. Um, what are the three routines of humans? I'll give, you, I'll, I'll give you if you can get two of them. The three routines of humans. Eat, sleep, pray, obey. No, it's work, home, family. I didn't pay any attention no, to the clearly. <laughs> Olive tells Evan she wants a gift card for which store? Come on. Uh, <coughs> Target. Office Max. Oh yes, I know she. I know he. He, he sort of got from from a target with the other guy. Should watch Easy A later. I'll watch it again. We could do. It's a great film. I've tried to watch it for the questions. I only got about half the way through and fell asleep. Yeah. So Stu, I've given you a nice one for next week. We're on the letter F. Oh yes, your film for next week. I've given you Fight Club. Oh, so very good. See, I thought I'd give you a nice one this time. That's on Disney Plus, right? Uh, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, I think it's also on Disney Plus as well, though. Alex, right, you're going to enjoy yours. You've got Foot Soldier Four Marbella. Or Marbella, as they like to say it. Um, now, I'm, I, I, I think it's not called Foot Soldier it is. 4. It's called Rise of the Foot Soldier No, 4. this one's actually just called Foot Soldier 4 Marbella. That's it. They didn't actually say Rise of the Oh, thing. no. That's I thought it was called Rise, Rise of the Foot Soldier 4. No, 1, 2, and 3 are Rise of the Foot Soldier Oh, because I was going to give you that when we got to R. I'll have to give you another Rise of the Foot Soldier then. Great. Um, so, excellent. So, if Hopefully you'd like I've to... blind by then. <laughs> Um, so if you'd like to join in you can watch Fight Club which is on Netflix or, or Foot Soldier for Marbella which is <laughs> one prostitute two prostitutes that's such a good film you've got to watch it though I know <laughs> um, what's that on Netflix yeah um, you can watch along at home and answer the questions in the next episode so that was Dinosaur Park Goes Tits Up and now it's time for Tales of the Bag O' Nails in each episode, Stu or I takes a trip down to London, which we are tomorrow, which we are tomorrow, and down to the Bag of Nails, which we are tomorrow, which we are tomorrow, uh, to uh, find a patron down there. They sell Moretti, though, by the way. Do they? 
No, I want something dirty like that that you'd expect that pub. You really want to find it in there. No, I know. Very up class bar. I'm a bit disappointed. So Stu, who have you met down the old bag of nails? I just week? Where I met Patrick Bread, who's a baker. Oh, that's a good name for him. It's like he's born into that role. Yeah, born and bred. Yes. <laughs> Here's the tape. Thank you. Click. <clears throat> Hello everyone, Patrick Bread here. I'm a baker. <laughs> I know the name. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Uh, I'm a baker here in London, and on Fridays I get shit faced down the bag of nails. Good on him. I've got I've made a lot of dough in the week so far. Oh yeah. Down here. It's, it's Does he need a lot of dough? Well, need, to know, uh, need to know for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm? <laughs> I tell you what though, I couldn't pay the bills the other day. I ran out of dough. Yep. Yep. Hey, I tell you what. Works on a couple of levels that. So. Uh, yeah. It's good. Tried robbing a bank. I've ruined it tonight. Just went in there, buns are glazing. Yep. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, brought a cracking dog the other day. A purebred doe Berman. Really oh, good. Really good. Purebred doe Berman. <laughs> I had to put it down, those eyes kept going crusty. Oh, aye, aye. I tell you what, I always use a real butter when baking. She's got no margarine forever. No margarine. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> margarine forever. Oh, learned this the other way the other day. Never insult an Italian baker. No, no, no. He'll beat the focaccia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll beat the focaccia. <laughs> yeah, I got it, yeah. Tell you what, chucked the bread machine out the other day. No need for it. <laughs> no need. Went to that Italian bake, you know the one, that focaccia bloke the other day. Yeah. Yeah, bought a, local, bought a uh, loaf off him and then left it behind. As I'm walking out, he goes, hey, you focaccia bread. Oh, good. Yeah, good. Because he's yeah. the same punchline yeah. on a different one. Well, it's a different meaning, though, wasn't mm. it? Works. Tell you what though, uh, I had a special on uh, cakes the other day. All my cakes were 50p, apart from one which was £2. This little toe rag came in, he goes, uh, Oh, how come that one's £2? Oh, I said, That's my dearer cake. Oh, God, yeah. Tell you what, I had a really, uh, had really smelly hands the other day. <laughs> yeah, I needed a poo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did a favour for the butchers. He said, Thanks, I owe you one. I said, No worries, it's the yeast I can do. <laughs> yeah. The yeast I can do. Yeah, oh yeah, it's double. Just before I go, just before I go, just before I go. Yeah. <laughs> I had a bloke in the other day who asked for uh, two donuts. Put them in a pair of, I picked them up with a pair of tongs, placed them in a bag for him. He says, can I get two scones? Picked them up with the tongs again, placed them in another bag. Then he says, uh, you know, it's very good you don't manhandle your food in here. I said, yep, sir, nothing in the shop is handled by my hands. Not at all. He then notices a piece of string hanging, hanging from my trousers. Yeah. He said, what's that for? What's that for then? What's that? I said, well, when I need a piss, I pull on the string. The old boy pops out and I yeah. do it. Yeah. He says, how oh, do you put it back in when you're done? I said, I use those tongues. <laughs> hey! <laughs> See you later, everyone. <laughs> Fun! Hey, Stu, um, I went into the local uh, baker's the other day. Oh, yeah? And uh, I said, hey, what's happened to your assistant? And he said, well, he kept sticking his... He's dicking the bread slicer. Oh, yes. I said, oh, what, what have you done with your bread slicer? He said, I've sacked her sacked and her all. all yeah. <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> so, uh, thanks, Stu. That was, uh, I'll be taking a trip down the bag of nails next week. I don't know what I'm going to do it's yet. Always a flower for you. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. It's a bloody good on that, eh? Cobs. Isn't it? Cobs, Stu, instead of baps, isn't it? Yeah, cobs. Cobs, cobs all day. Cobs all day long. Cobs.
Brilliant. Well, thanks, Stu. That was Bag of Nails. Give the bacon now let's head to Mike Reed and see if he's got any top tips for us. Hello, lads. Each episode, Stu finds a cassette tape with a couple of tips from Mike Reed on it. Stu? Yo. Have you got any this week? Yep. Oh, that was a more Terry Wogan, wasn't it? No. I'm Terry Wogan. I'm Terry Wogan. That was Morgan. good, wasn't it? I'm Terry Wogan. I'm Terry Wogan. I'm Terry Wogan. And I'm from the lovely oils. I'm from Ballycus Angel. <laughs> and I'm Terry Wogan. I was in Lovejoy. <laughs> That's Ian McShane. I know, but I was trying to... I was in... <laughs> I was in Derry Girls. It's me, <laughs> Terry Wogan. I was in the band Bewitched. <laughs> I was in the original performance of Lord of the Dance. Me, Terry Wogan. I've been in Roland Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> right, Stu. Uh, I like flying without wings. <laughs> me, Terry Wogan. Children in need. Give generously. Eurovision. <laughs> No, you're a vision, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh. please, Mr. Mannering. Right, so Stu, give us a cassette for uh, Bob Olness. <laughs> Mike Reed. Click. All right, lads, Mike Reed here. Couple more tips to get you through life. It's certainly helped me. Both of these have, actually. Tired of ironing shirts? Well, just get dead fat and watch them creases <laughs> vanish like magic. <laughs> I did it the fun way. <laughs> a lot of cakes from uh, Patrick Baker, actually. Oh, Patrick oh. Bateman. Don't. <laughs> um, if you see someone crying in the street, always ask if it's because of their haircut. <laughs> <laughs> see you later, pals. <laughs> struggle next time I see someone <laughs> crying now that's going to be really bad well thanks Stu that was uh, that was my that's my favourite that was my favourite that's, the the that one, isn't it? that's up there with the hugging people at the cash machine <laughs> or the or the thumbs up to show deaf people you're not screaming when you yawn what was the hugging at cash machine it was um if you stood behind someone at a cash machine, give them a hug uh, so that they know you're not a threat. Yeah, you're not. Don't make them so nervous. <laughs> well, before we end the episode, let's just sort of uh, say. Well, we've got John Lennon yet, Al. Oh, sorry, you're going to do your John Lennon. All right, everyone, it's me, John Lennon here, but I never imagine from one of our songs. I was never really much of a fighter. Neither was Paul, who was lighter. George was all lip. Ringo was a wimp. Wimp. And then our old paperback writer. <laughs> Lovely film. Paperback writer. Paperback, paperback writer. Right on the back of a paper bag. Mm. <laughs> um, so let's just quickly uh, do a little bit of the uh, the old. Uh, oh, oh shit! Um, we've got a bit of breaking news. Oh Jesus Christ, amen. Um, we've got a bit of breaking news from the Middle East. Uh, yeah. I think it's actually quite serious, though. Um, we're going to cut across now to our live Middle East correspondent, Sandy Boots. Sandy? Uh, yes, thanks, Drew. Um, yes, here in Iran, everyone is scared of spiders, but in Iraq, no phobia. 
<laughs> and for those in the UAE, Dubai doesn't show your episodes of the Flintstones, but Abu Dhabi do! <laughs> Look how I'm satisfied that Steve, Steve's just sat back on the sofa, put his notes down, feet up. He loves that. <laughs> So on the next episode, if you would like to contribute to our top three, it's top three Oasis songs, or you would like to tell us your favourite single from the year 1996, or you could have an Oasis single in that as well, couldn't you? Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, then get in contact with us, stewandourpod at gmail.com, or on Instagram and Twitter, at stewandourpod. Stu, I know you've just said a couple of things. You got anything left to say? Daffodils. They're yellow, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, they are, aren't they? Mm. Same as the sun. Oh, Yeah. Stu, I've got a quick game for you if you'd like to play it. Go ahead. Okay, I've not written this down because uh, I'm going to improv it. Oh, improv. So, um, so Stu, <clears throat> what I've got is um, I'm going to sing a verse to a song or a couple of lines to a song and then you've got to then make up the next two lines for it. You have to play that? Oh, yeah, no. Okay, so I'm going to improv on the top of my head. Ready? Girl, me and your brother shared a kiss last night. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't mean anything, let's not fight. <laughs> oh, lovely, yeah, brilliant. Right, you ready for the next one? Yep. Girl, da, 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 give your engagement ring over to your father. And while you're there, because my phone is dead, make sure you bring back my charger. Oh, lovely. And uh, you want one more? Yep. Girl, me and your uncle were fooling around. I know that we're married. <laughs> but his dick is bigger than yours. Let's not get carried. <laughs> Brilliant. Lovely. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that was a good game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. We'll yeah, play it was, again. Yeah, we'll play it again another time. So, uh, so should we, uh, should we say uh, goodbye? I don't want to say goodbye this week. It's always um, upsetting for me. All right. What would you like to say instead? Till we meet again. Till we meet again. Don't know where. On this. Don't know when. In two weeks' time. But I know we'll meet again some sunny day. See ya. Bye. Okay.